Imagine an aligned approach to the art of coaching, a perspective that blends both coaching and business mastery, all while honoring your vision, your values, and your intuition. Welcome to the Coach with Clarity podcast. I'm Lee McDonough, an ICF credentialed coach, former therapist, and mentor for intuitive coaches and healers. I'll be your guide as you cultivate both the skill set and the mindset needed to transform your clients' lives and your own. Are you ready to be a coach with clarity? Then let's go. Well, hello, my friend. Welcome to the Coach with Clarity podcast. My name is Lee McDonough. I'm your host. And today I am thrilled to introduce you to my friend and colleague, Aurora Gregory. I had the pleasure of meeting Aurora last year. We are in a mastermind program together, and she was one of those women with whom I immediately connected. She is so wise, so grounded, and she absolutely knows her stuff when it comes to public speaking. And because I know so many coaches are interested in public speaking and want to use it as a way to build their visibility and build their businesses, I knew Aurora needed to come on the show. So today we are going to take a deep dive into how you can use public speaking to build your coaching business. And when we're talking about public speaking, yes, we are talking about traditional public speaking where you're up on a stage speaking into a microphone, but we're also talking about things like being a guest on a podcast because that is public speaking as well. Aurora is a wealth of information when it comes to preparing yourself for public speaking, crafting your story, and pitching yourself to your ideal audiences. And we get into all of that during today's interview. So let's get right to it. I hope you enjoy my conversation with public speaking coach and business strategist, Aurora Gregory. Hello, Aurora. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Coach with Clarity podcast. Lee, I could not be more excited to be with you, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. I know we have been talking about doing this for months, literally multiple months. So I am so excited that today is the day where we're making it happen. We have so much to talk about when it comes to public speaking and marketing and all that good stuff. But before we get there, let's get the lay of the land. I would love to know a little bit about you and the work you do for the world. Well, thank you so much. And we have been talking about it for a while, so it makes it even more exciting that we're finally actually able to do it. I am a public speaking coach and a business strategist. I love helping people take their expertise and their knowledge, help them take that message and shape it into content, copy, and tools that they can use to pitch themselves for stages of all kinds. I have loved public speaking since I was 14. When I was 14 years old, I was a finalist in a speech contest. I didn't win the speech contest. It's funny how even all these years later, I can still remember what I did the exact moment when I really feel like I lost that contest. But what was so magical about the experience was recognizing the power that someone with a microphone has to move, inspire, engage with an audience. I just remember the feeling of all of that. And while it took me a little while to move into a professional speaking coach and become that, I've always just loved the idea of public speaking. I loved doing it throughout my academic career and throughout my professional career. 
I've always just loved to lean into the public speaking part and the idea of communicating ideas and stories. I love that. And I especially love when you were talking about how public speaking is a vehicle to move and inspire others and to create change, because that's how I view coaching in general. And it's why I think public speaking can be such a powerful modality for coaches to incorporate as well. I would love to dig a little deeper into your history and what brought you to where you are today. I mean, clearly we have 14-year-old Aurora who fell in love (laughs) with public speaking. Did you know at that point that public speaking was going to be such an anchor point in your career? You know, I didn't. Not at that point. I certainly recognized the power of it. But, you know, as I kind of moved through my career as a communications consultant, a practitioner of things like public relations, social marketing, things like that, you know, I always kind of described myself as your professional Cinderella. I kind of helped people behind the scenes and helped them get ready for their moment on the stage. And I loved doing that, much like you and your audience. I love coaching people and helping them feel confident about what it is that they're going to do. And if public speaking is part of that and communicating a message from the stage is a part of that, that's where I love to pour into them and help them get ready to really shine in that moment. But one of the things that I really recognized throughout my career is that really smart people have a hard time framing their ideas because they're so close to them. I kind of describe it as it's difficult to see the picture when you're in the frame. And so having someone be outside that frame, outside of what you do day to day, outside of what you do so naturally, and be able to kind of ask questions and take all of that goodness that comes out and shape it and form it into something and then present it back and say, well, no, I think this is what you do. And have people say, yes, yes, that is what I do. (laughs) Giving them that confident feeling is something that I love doing. And I love doing it, you know, especially with my one-on-one clients where I take them through kind of a process that I have of shaping their ideas so that they can really confidently offer themselves as a speaker to events, to virtual programs, to podcasts, whatever microphone might be available to them, that they can offer that to a host or an event planner with confidence. That idea of you reflecting back your client's stories in a way that's cohesive and makes sense when they're not able to necessarily do that on their own, that really resonates with me. The idea of when you're in the frame, you can't see the whole picture. I think that's such a powerful metaphor. And I can see how that shows up in public speaking. It absolutely shows up in coaching as well. So often my clients don't even recognize their natural strengths and talents and abilities because they come so naturally and they assume, oh, everyone and anyone can do this. And I would imagine that the same is true when it comes to the story someone has to share. They think, well, this is no big deal. I mean, it happened, whatever, it's just my life. And meanwhile, you're like, this is phenomenal. This is a story that has to be shared. That's exactly right. And I have no idea who to attribute this to, but you know, you'll see this kind of run around sometimes on some of the memes. It's like, you know, what's natural and easy to you is magic to someone else. And it's so easy for us to think that our story, our experiences, our expertise is just run-of-the-mill, common knowledge, kind of everyday, not necessarily special or sparkly. And it is because it is easy and natural for us. For many of us, we may have been doing it for a really long time. And it is just second nature to us. And so it doesn't feel special anymore. But for someone who can't do that, 
what we bring really is unique and groundbreaking for them. You have the opportunity as a speaker from the stage to bring a transformation. And I encourage the speakers that I work with to really keep that in mind. What's the transformation that you want an audience member to have in the 30, 40, 60 minutes you might be on the stage. It's possible to do that for someone. You can't bring the total transformation that you offer, but you can bring them a small part of it. And I think when we get on stage and can share that generously, that's when the magic of public speaking really, really starts to bloom because you build that connection with audience members and then they invariably want to connect with you further. I love this idea of being intentional about your story and your message as a vehicle for creating transformation in your audience. Because that's what coaching is about. At least the Coach with Clarity model is all about assisting our clients in creating that powerful transformation, that change. And so I can see how public speaking would be such a natural strategy for coaches in particular to use to build their business, to enhance their visibility, all of those things. I'm curious kind of what your thoughts are about a coach who's building their practice. They're wanting to get out there. They're wanting to be more visible. And they're thinking about maybe public speaking as a way to make that happen. Where do they need to begin? What's the first thing that you would have them do? Well, first of all, I want to tell them, lean in and step in. Because there's a couple of things that are very true about public speaking. The person at the microphone is always the most visible. And they immediately have authority. So your desire to step to that microphone is awesome because you will do those two things merely by stepping on the stage. And secondly, it's an incredibly efficient way to share what it is that you do and how you do it and to build connection with an audience. So the first thing that I would encourage anyone to do as they get started is have laser-like clarity on the audience that you want to serve. If you can't clearly identify that person, that group of people, their characteristics, their challenges, the things that they need you for, it makes all the other parts of building up the public speaking part of your business a little bit more difficult. So first thing we always have to do is get clarity on the audience. Once you do that, you've got a sense of what their pain points are, and that's where you can match your story with their pain. There's got to be an intersection of your story and their need so that we can then create what it is that you can bring from the stage that will meet them right where they are. That part is the part that I think can sometimes take a little bit of time because you've got to make sure that you've got that understanding of those needs and then kind of sifting through the parts of your story that actually are the points that meet them. And that's where I think sometimes it can be helpful. You can do this with a coach like me. You can do it with another entrepreneurial friend. It's helpful, though, to have a sounding board to do that. Those are those first things that you want to get nailed down before you have before you start worrying about where are the speaking gigs and how do I get on stage? Yes. Have those things worked out first. Yes. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, by the way. But... <laughs> I think you're exactly right. I really appreciate your focus on ensuring you're speaking to the right audience. It's why when I'm working with early stage coaches, we spend so much time really getting clear on who is it that you want to serve and how can we look at that ideal client from a variety of different perspectives. Certainly, yes, demographics, that's helpful, but also what are they feeling inside? What are their struggles? What are their challenges? What are their opportunities? What lights them up? 
Where are they in their personal journey? So when we're really clear on this kind of multifaceted approach to defining your audience, it makes everything so much easier in your business. Everything, including crafting your public speaking approach. Absolutely. You're so right. And, you know, that work that you do as an emerging coach of identifying your audience and and learning who they are and having a lot of clarity around where and how you want to impact them kind of forms the springboard for all of the other things that you'll do and that you have the potential to build in your business. So you'll do that work as a coach. It should make transitioning that or transferring that knowledge into taking a look at public speaking a lot easier. And then it's the work of kind of examining and sifting your own story to figure out where is the intersection and where am I meeting them on their journey as I bring my journey to them and helping them to see a different way, a different road, a different path. I want to explore that intersection between your story and your audience's needs. But before we do that, though, I'm curious because... I'm wondering if you've ever had people just say, I don't even know what my story is. I don't know what I would even share or what I would even talk about. I know I'm really good at this one thing, but how can I transfer that into a story? Do you come across that? And if so, like what guidance would you offer someone who's feeling uncertain as to what their story even is? You hear that regularly. And, you know, not all of us have a um, a moment when they were 14 that you can point to as the moment at which you started or were able to lean into what you are an expert in. So again, I think this is where having a sounding board, um, having someone to kind of ask you some questions about how did you develop this expertise, this love of a particular area that you focus in? How did that develop? It may not feel like you have a story but all of us have a story. There's a journey that we have either been on or are in the middle of that brings us to the place that we are. And so really, I think it's a matter of examining that and diving into, say, what it is that makes you passionate about it. What is it that you love? What was the pain point or the struggle that you were having that led you to discover what you are now trying to help others discover? Discovery points All of those kinds of descriptors that we sometimes hear out in the world are just another word for, tell me the story of how you got here. I think sometimes when people say that they're like, I don't even know, it's because you might not feel like your story is all that spectacular. There isn't a lot of drama. There's a client I've been working with, and she has a very dramatic story of being in an incredible car accident. She gives a beautiful speech about this, and she starts with describing the moment of recognizing that this car accident had happened. There's glass in her hair. You know, she's in shock over what's happened. It's very dramatic, but not all of us have that. It doesn't mean that there's not a really compelling journey that led you to become passionate about what you do. So it's really just a matter of identifying those and not comparing yourself or your story to other people. If you don't have a dramatic car crash or a 14-year-old moment, that's okay. Your story is your story and it's perfect because it's yours. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because the temptation is real to compare our story, our journey to someone else's and then think, oh, well, it's not as fill in the blank, whatever, as this person's, therefore mine doesn't matter as much and nothing could be further from the truth. I know for me too, when I've thought about my own journey and when I talk about my story, when I am a guest on other podcasts or if I'm presenting in someone else's group, I'll tell my origin story. And 
it sounds a lot smoother than it actually was in real life. You know, I kind of had to figure out what the main points were and then string them together in a narrative that worked, which looks much more clean than it actually felt like in real life. In real life, there were so many twists and turns and so forth. And I know for me, I almost had to give myself permission to edit my story in a way that was still truthful, but could be received by an audience in a way that was succinct and relevant and powerful. Yeah, it's so true. There's all kinds of pieces like of my 14-year-old story, the parts that I either don't have time to tell you or that aren't as important. They may, they're interesting, but they're not as important. And I think that that's a really critical thing. We've all had the experience maybe of listening to a speaker who spends just a little too much time telling you the details of their story or listening to a guest talk about that, or even just sitting with a friend. And I think there's some of us who are very detail-oriented. We love to paint the incredible picture of what we're talking about, and it leads to using a lot of words. And you don't really need all of that in terms of building connection with an audience. You need enough of the details, the ones that matter, that bring that intersection and that connection. You need the details that allow them to lean into you, whether it's you telling your story verbally, you're on a stage or introducing yourself somewhere, or whether it's your bio and it's a written piece of copy that describes who you are, it should make people want to lean in and know more. And that's the parts of the story that we actually need. We need just enough to get people to lean in and want to know more. I appreciate that. We're not writing an exhaustive autobiography. No, no, this this is not not a memoir. That's a different coach and a different episode. Yes, (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's okay to like hit the highlights. Interestingly, you know, the highlights that I view in my journey as being highlights may not actually be highlights that are relevant to my audience. And I think that's the other thing too, is being clear on who am I centering in this story? It may be my story, but who's being centered in receiving it? Very true. And I think that also works for those of us who have stories that include the lowlights. You know, don't feel like you have to give deep detail about some of the harder parts of your story. They may be very relevant. They may be the actual connection point. But I like to tell people, you are the boss of you, so you get to decide what you share and what you don't share and how you frame what you share and don't share. It really does go back to really thinking about the audience. What do they need to know about you in order to connect with you so that you can help them on this transformational journey you want to take them on from the stage? Yes. I want to go back now to the intersection you talked about between your story and the audience's need. Because if there are lowlights in your story, and let's be honest, most of us have lowlights. We may not be talking about them, but we got them. Right. It can sometimes be tricky to navigate sharing those low moments, sharing those difficult times in a way that still centers the audience, doesn't make it about me, and also feels authentic. I've had the experience of hearing people speak, and it's clear that they are sharing very intimate details about their life, maybe too intimate. And it's to elicit an emotional response from an audience in a way that just doesn't feel right. It feels a little manipulative. It feels like I'm being led somewhere that I didn't necessarily consent to. I'm wondering kind of what your thoughts are, how we can share these true moments, these lowlights that for many of us, 
then became the springboard into our next phase. How can we do that in a way that still honors where the audience is, isn't manipulative? How do we navigate that territory? It can be very tricky if you're not very thoughtful about it. And I think that's one of the things that I can't encourage enough, especially if your story includes some really painful or difficult things to talk about. And that can be very difficult or triggering to someone who maybe has not worked through enough of their own journey to be able to handle hearing those kinds of details. And you're right. If you're looking to solicit a type of reaction or response that's manipulative and we don't want to do that. You know, I think being the person at the microphone, you do have authority. And so you have to wield that authority with integrity. So what I have done and what I have shared with my clients who do use their personal stories as a springboard for their speaking is that you need to be able to speak from your scars and not your wounds. If your story is still evolving and you're not far enough away from it, you need someone to be able to tell you it's not time yet. Let's focus on this part and let's get you moving on, on stage experiences, but let's not talk about this part yet because it's still very challenging for you. Your job as a speaker in trying to bring that transformation is you're trying to, especially when you're dealing with folks who have some painful episodes in their lives is you're trying to point them to the exit. This is how we get out of this place. You're on the edge of the pool, throwing out the donut to try to pull them up onto the deck. You've got to make sure that you're not still in the water and that you're not still trying to find the exit yourself. Do not fear that because you don't share the gory details that somehow your audience won't get what you're saying and that somehow that's going to translate into, and they'll never hire me. When people make the decision to be a little bit manipulative or to use emotion in a way that doesn't have some integrity as the foundation, a lot of times they do that because they're afraid that their business is not going to grow. Your business is going to grow because you are an exceptional coach and you have a desire to bring transformation to the lives of others. You don't need to do underhanded things in order to draw people in. So I guess I would encourage people to take that responsibility of the person with the microphone really seriously and be very thoughtful and be very honest with yourself about where you are in your life and your journey and how you can bring or need to not bring that to the audience that you're speaking to. I love how you phrased that as speaking from the scar and not the wound. That's just such a powerful way to phrase and frame the importance of time. And that with time often comes perspective. So we're not rushing into something before we're ready. We're not using our story for our own healing. There is a time and place for that. It may be in therapy. It may be in coaching. It's not that you can't use your story to heal. But if you are going to share your story with others specifically to build your business, then again, it needs to be centered on the audience, not on your healing. Absolutely. And I am a person of faith and I speak sometimes at my church and at other faith communities. And I talk about the really difficult circumstances of my own life, of my own entry into the world, literally. And at the same time, I didn't talk about it for a long time because I knew I wasn't healed of it. And so now I can talk about it from a place of strength rather than a place of pain. And so for those of us, especially I think in the coaching arena, 
a lot of what brings us to it is we found the exit door and life is so much better. And our heart just has to go back and tell other people like, no, it doesn't have to be like this. Come this way, come this way. That's passion. That is powerful. And we should do that work with passion. You just need some honesty with yourself about where you are in your story so that as you're bringing people along, you can do that in a way that feels good to you and to them. And I think the word that you used earlier was integrity. And I think that really is at the core of it, that when we are owning our authority and responsibility and we're using it for the benefit of others, then we're acting from integrity. And so I just, I really appreciate your approach to that. Earlier in the conversation, you alluded to something. I know it's a question that not only do our listeners have, I have it too. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to ask you, what does it take? What do we need to be doing in order to find these speaking opportunities? So let's assume that we've done the work, we've got our story, we're ready to share it. What do we do next? Well, all that work that we did at the beginning of identifying this audience and knowing clearly who it is that we want to speak to now makes finding out where we can speak to them really easy. Search tools, I mean, honestly, literally things like Google make life very easy. If you're a coach for say women entrepreneurs, you will go to Google and you will type in women entrepreneurs conferences or women entrepreneurs podcasts or women entrepreneurs virtual conferences. Where is your audience going to learn, to meet up, to connect Those places are where your speaking opportunities are going to be found. You need to find those online communities where they hang out because guess what they do in those communities hanging out? They talk about the events that they're going to. They talk about the podcasts that they're listening to. And that's how you're going to find those opportunities. Once you've got a good little list, and I really recommend like do that research and give yourself a good list of say 10 to 12 events and podcasts as you're starting out. Have yourself a list of things that look interesting to you, that look like, okay, this could be a good match. And that's when you start to do the research. You get in touch with the contact who's in charge of booking the speakers. For podcasts, that's probably the host or some booker that they use. For the events, it's probably an event planner or there's an actual event host. And you ask them. The question really is, I've discovered your event. It looks fantastic. Can you tell me, what is your process for selecting speakers I'd like to be considered? And once they give you that process, you follow what it is they tell you to do to the letter. Every good event host loves the speakers who follow the rules and follow directions. (laughs) (laughs) Which (laughs) is like, it shouldn't be so mind-blowing, and yet it totally is, right? It is totally mind-blowing. And I cannot tell you how many speakers or how many event hosts tell me, it's like, Speakers never do what you ask them to do. They never do it when you tell them you need it. They miss the deadline. They don't have the materials. Like there's a whole collection of things that you should have ready. And we can talk a little bit about that. But the most important thing is you're going to serve the audience, but the person in between you and the audience is the host or the event planner. And they represent the audience. They're the person that is responsible for making sure that the people on the stage serve this community well. So the first person you've got to win over is that person. And I always feel like one of the things that we need to do as speakers is make them feel like the smartest thing they ever did was book you on their show for their event. You want to make them look like rock stars. And you do that by letting them know, communicating to them, hey, I'm ready to partner with you on creating a great experience for your audience. What can I do? 
and show up with that heart and that mindset and you will do well. And it leads to lots of other great opportunities when you do that. Yes. And it's so simple. It's so simple. And, and I think for coaches in particular, we are experts at fostering really powerful relationships. And so when you approach a host or a conference organizer as someone with whom you want to build a relationship, then the obvious next step is going to be, okay, and here's how I can serve you and your audience through my story. That's exactly right. Serving generously from the stage will do more for your business than any other thing that you might feel you have to do while you're up there. As speakers, we all start out and just have to say that a lot of times our first few times speaking are bumpy. It's a skill and you've got to learn and develop it. But your sincere effort to serve that audience well and to serve them generously will cover any amount of failing, uncomfortableness, lack of smooth delivery, coughing attack, anything that all the things that you fear could happen on the stage, your sincere heart and effort to serve that audience covers all of that. I promise you. That is so true. And I would say too, that begins with you the moment you are connecting with a host or a conference organizer. And as a podcast host, I cannot tell you the number of downright terrible pitches and proposals I get from people who <laughs> think they're interested in being on my show, but it's clear they have no idea what my show is about or how it's structured. It is a form letter. It's not personalized. It's sometimes addressed to the wrong person. To the wrong person. Yeah, right? <laughs> Those are the ones that always make me cringe. <laughs> me too. I'm like, y'all, y'all, come on. It's L-E-E. It's not, you can even misspell it. It can be L-E-I-G-H. I'll still, I'll go with you on that one. But if it's not even the right name, we've got an issue. But yeah, just making sure that even your pitch, your proposal is centering the host and their audience because Absolutely. you are in service to them. That's right. I do a lot of work and a lot of my expertise comes in actually creating that pitch content, that copy, those words that you need. And it's so important that your content, what you're offering to talk about is centered on them. If the pitch starts with all of the things that are amazing about you, you've got the pitch upside down. The pitch needs to start with, I know that people struggle with this, this, and this. And I've seen how it can do this, this, and this for them. But there is a different way. And I would love to share how I have helped others do X, Y, and Z. And you can see how it just is completely flipped. Leave your qualifications and expertise and all of your accolades. That goes in your bio. It doesn't need to go in the pitch that you share. That goes a long way to letting a host know almost subliminally that you're there to partner with them to serve the audience, that you're not there because you've got a lot of accomplishments that qualify you. Such a perfect example. Thank you for that. It really comes down, we've been talking about this the entire time, it comes down to centering the client, centering the audience. And with my own private coaching clients, a lot of times I'll do copy audits where I'll look at their about page or, or an email or a pitch or so forth. And inevitably there's a lot of I statements. I do this. I am this. And it's like, that's true. Let's see if we can flip it. How can we take you out of the spotlight and put your client or this person there? And it's an art form. It takes a while, but once you get it, it's like you can't not see it. And then everything becomes client-centered. It's so true. And that, that's such a good copy check. Look at the starts of all of your sentences or the start of all of your paragraphs 
And if they all start with the word I, then we need to go back through and, you know, work with that copy. But it's so true. It's It really is about focusing on that client. You're speaking to them. And so really put that heart into building that connection, whether it's words. And then obviously when you get on the stage, it's just critically important. And it really is a kind of quiet, but very powerful way to say, I'm here to serve you. And Lee, as you were talking about pitching podcasts, I'm going to give just one more tip to people for podcasts specifically, make sure that you listen to a couple episodes and yes, make please. sure, <laughs> yes, please listen to a couple of episodes and you're listening for a couple of things. One, you need to be sure that the show that you're pitching actually takes guests. Some hosts, they're solo. They don't take guests. So don't pitch that show because it'll look like you haven't listened and you probably are pitching it because you haven't listened. You're pitching yourself as a guest and you haven't listened. But two, you're also looking for, you want to listen to, for that interviewer's, that host's interview style. Is it a style you like? Are they someone that you feel like you could have a great conversation with? Is their manner of speaking and their audience, is it really a match for you and the audience that you want to reach? There's some fabulous podcasts out there. I like to listen to them, but they're probably not ones that I would necessarily want to be a guest on. I've got to do too much sifting to get what I want out of them. And it's not a knock on them. They're meeting a particular audience's need, but be very thoughtful about that. And as you pitch podcast hosts, it never hurts to mention an episode or two that you listened to and that you really liked. Cause that is again, another way to communicate. I get you, I understand you and I'm here to partner. Yes. I just want to like upvote that. I'm like, he's like, yes, yes. Many thumbs up on that. Oh my gosh. It makes such a difference y'all. Clearly, Aurora knows her stuff. I am so grateful that you have come on the show today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. And I know that listeners of the Coach with Clarity podcast are going to want to learn more about you and the work you do. So where is the best place for them to connect with you? Lee, this has been terrific. And I'm so glad this was totally worth the wait that we've had to have this conversation. I would love to offer a gift to folks, and I'd love to have you join my email list. One of the things that's a great tool for speakers is something called a speaker one sheet. And it's basically a one sheet that explains who you are as a speaker and what it is that you have to offer. And I have a fabulous checklist that will help you create a one sheet that will allow you to connect with hosts, event planners. So if you would go to getpickedtospeak.com slash checklist, you'll be able to sign up for it there. And then I'll look forward to connecting with you on by email. Excellent. I will make sure that we have that link in the show notes. And this is a pretty valuable free gift, y'all. Like definitely go sign up for it because I can tell you as a podcast host, when I receive a pitch from someone and it includes a one sheet, automatically they're going to the top of my list because it makes my job easier. I get to know them better. I'm able to prepare for the show better. So this is a huge thing. So definitely head to getpickedtospeak.com slash checklist and get your copy now. Aurora, again, thank you so much for coming on the Coach with Clarity podcast. I have so enjoyed our conversation. I've loved it. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. We won't wait several months next time. I am so grateful to Aurora for sharing her time and her wisdom with us today. And I suspect you probably picked up on her sincerity, her warmth, and her ability to connect with people and help them tap into their own story. 
and to artfully and intentionally use that story to serve others while building their own business and brand. Now, during our conversation, you may have heard me talk briefly about how one of the things I do for my private coaching clients is offer copy audits. So if they have any written work that is in progress, whether it's a sales page or an email, maybe it's social media copy, whatever it is, I invite them to share it with me for my perspective, some feedback, some guidance. Typically, that's something I do only for my private coaching clients. But for the first time ever, I am including weekly copy audits as a bonus inside my small group program, From Couch to Coach. Now, if you are listening to this episode on the day it drops, so if it is Monday, March 20th, guess what? From Couch to Coach begins tomorrow, and it is not too late to secure your spot. All you have to do is head to coachwithclarity.com slash from couch to coach, and you can learn all about the program and register. We will spend eight weeks together helping you build a solid foundation for your coaching business. We'll walk you through what it takes to connect with your ideal clients, develop your own coaching framework, create offers that really speak to the people you most want to serve. And then we'll look at how you can share those offers in a way that make people say not just yes, but hell yes, let's do this. There are so many resources and tools waiting for you inside from couch to coach. And I would love to partner with you in your coaching journey. So again, head to coachwithclarity.com slash from couch to coach and sign up for one of the last remaining slots today. All right, my friend, that is it for me this week, but don't worry. I will be right back in your feed next week with another episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. And to make sure you don't miss it, go ahead and follow or subscribe to the show now. It's absolutely free to do. No matter where you're listening, there's likely an option that says follow or subscribe. Maybe it looks like a little plus sign. Go ahead and tap that button and then you will be subscribed to the show and future episodes will show up auto magically in your feed. So until next week, my name is Lisha McDonough reminding you to get out there and show the world what it means to be a coach with clarity. Thanks for listening to the coach with clarity podcast. Be sure to visit coachwithclarity.com for detailed show notes and bonus material just for podcast listeners. Did you enjoy today's podcast? If so, then I invite you to check out the Coach with Clarity membership program exclusively for intuitive coaches ready to master both the business and the craft of coaching. You'll discover monthly hot seat coaching calls, Q&A sessions, and guest expert trainings, as well as the most supportive and innovative community of coaches out there. If you're ready to take your coaching to the next level, then you're ready for the Coach with Clarity membership. Learn more at coachwithclarity.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you know a coach who could use a little clarity in their work and life, then please share this episode with them. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. Until then, go show the world what it means to be a coach with clarity.